I don't know how you feel, but for me, after reading that gospel, I just felt a kind of satisfaction. You know, it, it came true to me. It's like, wow, this is it. We can close now and go home. You know, God has spoken. Um, a little story, I don't know if it's funny, and this is not to, you know, belittle ladies, but I heard a preacher said there was this old lady who went to her pastor and said to the pastor, um, I want to talk about my funeral arrangement. And the pastor said, okay. And the lady said, you see, when I die, I don't want any man to be among those who will carry my casket. I only want women, ladies, to carry my casket. And the pastor said, the pastor said wow, why is that? And she said, you know, since none of the men took me out when I was young and single and now I'm old, about to die, then I don't want any man to take me out. <laughs> Today, we are looking at what I think is the most profound verse of Scripture. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not die or should not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. That is the central truth of Christianity. That is the dividing line between Christianity and any other religion. And that is why Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the world as of today. It was and is still today. Today, I want to try within the few minutes I have to talk on something very, very difficult to say in just 10, 12 minutes. But to help us, especially as we go through this season of the scare of the coronavirus infection, it will help us. There was this um, preacher, he's late now, his name is Derek Prince, true story. He was a British-born person. He was involved in the Second World War, and he was sent to Egypt, to Libya, and to Sudan. He was a medical orderly or a nurse, nurse, at, nurse attendant, something like that. And so he was, he was posted to the desert, and he spent some, one time a whole year in the desert, in the heat and in the sand. And so he developed some eczemas, you know, skin condition. And afterwards, it became too, too difficult, and they had to send him to the hospital. And in the hospital, they try all sorts of medications to treat that eczema all over his body. But it wouldn't be cured. And he wasn't the only one who had that eczema. Some other soldiers had similar disease, eczema on their skin, and they also couldn't be cured. At one time, he was in the hospital for a year just because of the uncomfortableness of that uh, disease on his body. And so, during that period, he happened to understand this verse of Scripture, John 3.16, God so loved the world. And so, he accepted that Scripture, and he was a Christian, though, but now he was more enlightened. He realized that he needed eternal life. He needed salvation. He needed Jesus in himself. Not just Christianity as a religion, but he needed Jesus in himself. So he prayed, he accepted Jesus Christ into his life, and then he started to think about his medical condition and 
he started to think about what does the Bible have to say about this condition? Is there anything in the Bible that could help me? So he was reading this Bible, and then he came across Proverbs <clears throat> chapter 4, 20 to 22, which says something like this. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ears to my saying, keep them in the midst of thine eyes, let them not depart from thy heart, for they are life to them that finds them, and they are health to all their flesh. So what caught his attention was that phrase, <clears throat> life to them that finds them, and health to their flesh, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. And so he said, he decided that, okay, this sounds like medicinal. This sounds like a medical prescription from the Bible. The word of God is health to my flesh. So he decided to read it in another translation, and he was surprised to actually see in that translation, it says, they are medicine to your, all your body. Medicine. He said, wow. Okay. He decided he was going to read the word of God as medicine for his eczema condition. And so what he did was, true story. Every morning after breakfast, he will read Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, and then he will pray. God, your word says, your word is medicine to all my flesh, all my body. I take in your word to heal this eczema in my body. Amen. He did that for about a few months, and then he realized the eczema's were gone. True story. They were gone. What medication couldn't treat for more than a year plus? The word of God as medicine took care of it. Today, I want to talk about positive thinking, positive seeing, positive talking. Can we say it together? Positive seeing, positive thinking, positive talking. In this period of the coronavirus, you and I <clears throat> must be positive thinking. Positive seeing, positive talking. If you talk scare, if you talk fear, if you talk death, God forbid, but I can guarantee you maybe 50%, you are going to die. <laughs> and you might not even die of the coronavirus. You will just die out of fear of the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, they say it's going to affect one third of Americans, all those living in America. One third. That's about over 19 million people. Oh, they said, and about that, and about 2.5 percent of people are going to die out of that 19 million. Oh, that's about over 100 million people are going to die in America. Oh my, I'm not going to be one of them. That is bad talking. You are talking bad. You are thinking bad. You are seeing bad. In our so in our in our in our gospel reading today, it tells us about Abraham. But I'm just going to pick one thing from there. It says in verse 17. Before God, whom he believed, Abraham now, he, Abraham, before God, whom he believed, who raises the dead and call those things which be not as though they were. Now, I'm speaking the King James Version of the Bible because that's what I learned when I was growing up. So, please forgive me. But what he's saying here is that Abraham believed God because God told him that he is going to have a child. He is going to be the father of many nations. He's going to have descendants apart from other blessings. So the Bible says Abraham believed God. Now, how did Abraham believe God? If we go to Genesis, God took Abraham. Now, Abraham was about 70 years when God asked him to follow him and promised him a child and promised him children, descendants. And then from 70 years to 90 years 20 years, no child. At this age, Abraham, Sarah, 
has gone past monopause. Sarah cannot give birth. It is medically, scientifically, biologically, humanly, naturally impossible. Sarah can't give birth. She can't even conceive. She can't give birth. But the Bible says Abraham believed God. Abraham thought positively. Abraham saw positively. Abraham talked positively. He didn't talk Sarah's in impossibility. He didn't talk about his own impossibility. Oh, I'm old. I'm now 100 years. Sarah is 90. It's not possible. Oh, God, they are just joking with us. Please, God, don't kid us. We are not kids anymore. You know, we went to school. We went to Harvard. You know, we have PhD. Please, God, come on. You're not talking to kids here. Come on, God. Come on. Don't, come on. Could be realistic, God. You know, come on. He didn't talk to God like that. But some of us do talk to God like that. Yeah? Maybe not directly, but to us. You know, when we are preaching, telling me the word of God. He said, come on. You, who do you think you're kidding here? We are smart kid people here. You can't tell us all these religious, religious jargon. Anyway, in this time of coronavirus, coronavirus does not understand religious jargon or not. So you've got to fall back to God, you see? No vaccine yet. Fall back to God. Anyway, I'm not scaring you. I, just, I want to make you believe God. All right, so um, where am I now? <laughs> God took Abraham to the told Abraham, look at the skies in the night. He saw the stars. He said, can you count the stars? Abraham said, no. He said, that is how many children, descendants you are going to have. That's positive seeing. Abraham was seeing his children in the skies. The stars were like his children. He wasn't seeing his barrenness. God took Abraham to the seashore. He said, look at all the sand. Can you count all the sand on the seashore? He said, no. He said, that's how many your children are going to be. Positive seeing. Abraham was looking at the sands, and he will, lose, he will see his children. Abraham's neighbors would say, Abraham, how are you doing with your condition, your medical condition? Oh, we're so sorry for you, you know, there no, there's no cure for this disease you have, you know. We're sorry for you, we're praying for you, you know, we're praying for you. Abraham would say, no, I am a father of nations. I have many children. You see, his neighbors might try to tell him that he's barren. That he doesn't have children, that he's gone past, it's not going to happen. But Abraham is not going to talk like that to them. Abraham is going to say, I am a father of many nations. I have many children. Oh, when I look at the sky, I see my children, my descendants. Oh, when I look at this ground, I see my children, my descendants. That is positive seeing, positive thinking, and positive talking. Abraham was seeing what God says, was thinking what God says, and was talking what God says. And Romans chapter 4 tells us God was pleased with him for doing that. And God counted him righteous. God, God chose him as a righteous person, even though he was not perfect. But just because he believed God, God chose him. I want us today to go out from this place, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's the tornado storm, or whatever, yes, it's good to get the facts, it's good to take precautions, it's good to do everything you can in, your, in you to prevent it from, from coming to you or your people, but at the same time, don't let your mind be depressed about it. Don't get scared. Don't become paranoid. You can't touch anything. You can't drink anything. You can't, you can't go anywhere. Don't be paranoid, please. John 3.16, where we end. I don't have time, you know. Jesus said something profound. You must be born again or born from above. What is born of the flesh or what is born of human is human. You and I are born of human. So we are human, right? What is born of the spirit is spirit. 
Jesus is introducing a new race here. Please follow me. I'm very serious about this. Jesus is introducing a new race of humans, a new species, who will be born from the spirit realm, from God. They're not just humans. They're spirits. And Jesus said, this is going to happen. Except you are born of water, of spirit and of water, you cannot enter the kingdom. You cannot belong. That's what Jesus is saying. Nicodemus, I know you are religious. You are a good man. I know you pray a lot. You fast. You read your Bible. Yes, yes, you are a good man. You don't do bad things. But that's not enough to get you into heaven. That's not enough. You must be changed. And Nicodemus say, I can't be changed. I'm a man of over 70 years by now. How can I be changed? He said, by spirit and water. In other words, Many believe that it is by baptism and the word of God. They are correct. But it's beyond that. The spirit of God moved in Genesis upon the surface of the water when there was nothing. And God said, let there be light. And light appeared. And from that light, creation came to being like we know it today. The spirit on the water. That's my thinking. Okay? You don't have to take it. You can't find it anywhere in any theological books. I can tell you that. It's my thinking. So I think what Jesus is saying here is when you allow the Spirit of God out of faith, your belief in Him, in Christ, in the Word, in the truth, in God, you allow the Spirit of God to come into your body, into your life. Now, your body, I learned, is made up of 70% water. All right? So symbolically, Jesus is saying when you allow the Spirit of God, to come into you, your water, your body, there's going to be a conception. And that conception is going to result into a birth, into a new being in you. And that new being is called the Son of God, the daughter of God. That's what Jesus, it's very simple. you, You allow the Spirit to come into you, and that Spirit fuses with you, and then, pass up. Something takes place. You are born again. A new spirit inside of you. The spirit of the Son of God. Jesus calls it eternal life. Eternal life is not life unending. Because if it is life unending, then Satan, who will go to hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, has eternal life. Of course not. Satan doesn't have eternal life. So eternal life is God's life. Human life, animal life, God's life. Human life, animal life, God's life. Eternal life is God's life. Jesus said, for you to see the kingdom, for you to enter the kingdom of God, you must receive God's life, God's nature. You must be transformed. You must be changed in you. You will not do it. The Spirit will do it. But your portion is to accept the truth. That's your portion. Accept the truth. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Anyone who believes, who accepts this truth, if you believe, you accept it. Oh, Lord. I remember I did that. 1980. I was about 14 or 15. 14 going to 15 or so. I realized that I needed This life that Jesus gives. I've been a Catholic. I've been serious, but even though I was bad. But I I, I knew at that point that I needed a change in my life. 
like Jesus preached, and I prayed at one time, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for being a sinner and going my own way, trying to control my own life by myself. But now I come back to you, I realize, I understand that you want me to submit to you. You want to come into me and be my Lord and my Savior. Lord, I open up and I surrender to you. Come into my life. And from that day on till today, my life has never been the same. I was changed. Brethren, that is the foundation of being a Christian. If this has not happened to you, you might have been baptized. You might have been a church member doing all good stuff like Nicodemus. It's good. But please forgive me to tell you that I think you are not yet a Christian. You are not yet in God's kingdom. And you stand the danger of being cast away. Please forgive me, but I must tell you the truth. I must tell you. So if you think and ponder and you feel that mm, it seems this preacher is talking to me. I don't think I've made that commitment to Christ. I don't think I have eternal life. I don't think I've been changed. I don't think anything has happened to me. I'm still the same old me when I was born. I'm still doing the same old stuff. Now, I really think this is for me. And you want to say that prayer? You can, even right now, while the service is going on. Believe it and it will happen to you. And after that, remember, positive thinking, positive seeing, and positive talking. Talk what God talks. He is your savior. He is your protector. He is your guide. He will keep you. So say that all the time. Don't talk the fears. Don't talk the skiers. Talk the Bible, the promises. Amen.